0: Hello there everybody. Welcome to the Just Joe podcast. I believe it's episode 29. I think I said the wrong number last week. I should probably look that up before I hit record every week and start yapping, but that's the way it goes. We're almost at 30 episodes. The big 30. But 29 is the last one in our 20s. Um this guest that I'm going to have this week is an old dear friend of mine from the music business. His name is Mark Mengi. He, uh, we first met when he was at Harkey. Harkey is a bass amplification amp, amplification company. Uh, they um, were endorsing our bass player Chuck Call and Brand New Sin, and he was the artist rep and just our guy that just pointed everything to to Harkey and also Samson Technologies. And um, we became a good friend with him. Um, he's from New York City, Long Island area. Um, and then we got close with his band that he had at one time. We brought them up here. And then Mark went on to now work with some of the biggest names in metal. And I'm talking biggest names in metal. Um, all of a sudden in 2014, Mark founded a band called metal allegiance with some guys from Megadeth Testament and dream theater, Dave Elson, Alex Skolnick and Mark, Mike Portnoy, Mike portnoy god oh, mike i'm sorry if you have ever listened to this i'm sorry that i called you that. but the, i stumble over my goddamn words sometime and uh, we're gonna get into what that super group is because there is a plethora of other people that have been involved in the project but i don't want to give away too much i'm really looking forward to having mark and i speak of that and our history and what mark is up to right now so um also one more thing before we get into this episode i'm still looking for some sponsors if you guys are interested to know anybody who might be interested in sponsoring this podcast i'm looking for you know whatever one two three four hundred doesn't matter at this point i would be talking about a sponsor right now and what they do putting them in the links of all the socials and everything else talking about the sponsor about halfway through the episode it will be the cutout and of course at the very end so if you guys are interested in sponsoring the just joe podcast you Get a hold of me. You can find me on the social medias everywhere. And if you can't, then I, you got to do some work. So, without further ado, everybody, please welcome my good friend,
1: Mark. Hey, man.
0: It's been a long time.
1: It's been a real long time. How's it going, dude? Well,
0: I mean, with social media and everything, it's like, it's, you know, it's not like it was 20 or 30 years ago. Like, man, I literally haven't seen you. Like, dude, we, we're pretty... In touch with what people are doing, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, no, we, for sure, we for sure. Still
0: got it, but man, I uh, I did a little intro in the beginning of this and I was just like trying to remember when I first met you. I know how we first met you, but I don't remember the actual first moment that I met you. I, d- I do. Oh, you do? Well, let's hear it.
1: My ex, ex, ex. Anyway, do I got that right? Yeah, probably. Yeah, my ex, ex, ex old band played with brand new sin at an in-store at looney tunes on long island oh my god was that the first in 2002 yeah your first record oh my god
0: that's the first
1: first record i believe
0: it is all coming back to me now because that was like that was a big deal for us to play that that show that or then in looney tunes
1: that day yeah uh, well i grew up down the street from there man i you know i worked there when i was in high school i was like the punk kid running around I basically forced them to give me a job because I was there more than the people working
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> for, for those that yeah. are listening Looney Tunes is it's like I, I, it's not there anymore is it is it still exists? Yeah, it is. okay Absolutely. well I didn't know it's probably the yeah. coolest record store ever you know at least that yeah. I've ever been to I've never been to Amoeba Records out in San Fran and everyone ever rages about but Looney Tunes is like a staple on Long Island and everybody who's anybody knows that's where you get good music and oh, it's what?
1: probably a staple on, you know, the Northeast, man. You know, they have, even, t- well, obviously not uh, because of COVID, but, um, you know, from Ozzy to, you know, Brand- Brendan Sin was there to, you know, modern bands of Coheed and Cambria and, you know, the newer hipster bands, which I don't know their names, but I know they're popular. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um They still roll through there, man. And they're still thriving. They've been around. They're celebrating their 50th year anniversary this year.
0: No, not many, not many places can say that anymore, especially in this day and age and what's happened in the past, you know, two decades. Most, most places have closed, you know? So, well,
1: you know, what's um, crazy is when the pandemic first started with COVID, you know, like everyone else, they had to shut their doors. And I was like, shit, you know, what, how are they going to survive this? You know, how is a, a record store going to survive a pandemic? Uh, like most clubs in New York City are closed down now permanently. A lot of clubs throughout the country are closed down. Yeah. Um, and what was really cool is I got my uh, cohorts in Medal of Allegiance to give away some music for free, and we donated all the pro- 100% of the proceeds to Looney Tunes, where we helped pay for um, their employees. Um, you know, I know some of the people are unemployed and furloughed and whatnot, but we helped at least crack a very small dent and, and keeping those doors open, man. That's, Which, um I mean, for me, it was the least I could do because without that store, I wouldn't be here.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, that's I probably, would, probably, is that where, like, you think the path of where you've gotten to started? Was that Looney Tunes? Actually, and it just
1: it's 1,000% where it's that, that opened up the floodgates for me, man. You yeah, know, that's that. Yeah, you know, I spent hours upon hours in that store, man. Everything. I mean, all the music I, absorbed came 100 from
0: there that's crazy i mean i remember buying stuff there and then the owner telling us stories and us having beers and then we met our biggest super fan ever big shout out to dean dean zo like he was like in the parking lot all day waiting for us he was tailgating since like noon waiting for us to show up and <laughs> and like awesome. and he is still a part of all of our lives and like, he was, you know, he was up here the entire week when we had our reunion show a year and a half, or you know, almost two years ago at this point. And, uh, you great, know, man. and it all started, that all started at Looney Tunes. So between Dean and, and you, there's the, some pretty cool shit that happened that day. So,
1: yeah. So, the, you know, to, t- to make her, you know, I know we went off the rails for a minute. So to make that long story short now, Looney Tunes is where we first met. And, um, and from there... I remember now my ex band played a bunch of dates with you guys up in the uh, Syracuse area. What would,
0: dude? I'm sitting here right before I calling you, and I'm having a brain fart, and I literally text Chuck, a bass player from Brand New Sin. I'm like, dude, I can't remember the name of Mark's band. What was the name of Mark's band? I'm forgetting it right now.
1: It was c- constricted.
0: Constricted. That's yeah. what it was. I knew there was an ED at
1: the end. Yeah, we had we had the RV, and that was fun, man. Oh, you came and, uh,
0: you came up at like the Oh, man, that was a really dark time, at least for me. And it was like a really weird time for Brand New Sim, because that was like literally you played the last shows that yeah. I played with them before I left yep. the group. So, yep, and yep, and you came up and we played a Friday night at one club and a Saturday night at the other club. And then Saturday night, we got hit with the fucking snowstorm from of all snowstorms.
1: And we drove we drove home in that. man. I can't awesome. believe it. In an RV. Dude, in an RV, boozing. The driver obviously wasn't drinking, but we're causing him holy hell. You know, we're we're climbing out of the back window in the snowstorm, peeling off ice and snow, and just throwing it. At- <laughs> oh, dude,
0: that was that <laughs> no, was. That was they were fun, but man, it was like right after that was like when I was just yeah. like, yeah, I'm kind of checking out. It was it, that was a weird time for us. I mean. We we were at a point where like you know when you're a band for like seven years and you're still just not making any money. I mean like if you I opened know, a man. if you opened a pizza shop, I tell everyone it's like, well why did you guys why did you leave the band? I'm like, hey man, let me let me ask you this: if you opened a pizza shop, yeah, and after seven years you still weren't making any money, would well, you think you could still have that pizza shop? They're like, no, I would have fucking shut the pizza shop down a long time ago. Yeah, exactly. I go, but
1: same I, thing, man.
0: I, you have to look at it that way, and it was like, I mean, I love them. And I, it was just the time for me to go and move on. And We all did. I mean, we're all still very, very close. I mean, the best thing about that reunion show was us all like really reconvening as friends more than anything. That was what. It, that was to me what meant more than actually playing the
1: show. Yeah, and I was stoked to hear that Slider was back in on yep. that because he wasn't a part of those gigs I played with nope. the guys. Um, he was there for the first. I remember him at the in store. I remember hanging out with him. Um, and, and that first record run. And then, you know, this is my memory. You know, he wasn't in the band for a while or actually at all. And then obviously he came back with you guys. So I, I was pretty happy to see yeah. that.
0: Well, we decided, you know, we decided that when we started having some conversations in 2018, well, we did like a very, no, like a surprise reunion show at, um, chucky love our like tour manager when we at his wedding we decided as a as a gift and we were at his bachelor party we're like you know what we should surprise chucky because he was having um boba flex play and a couple other bands play no dj just like freaking bands you know and we're like what if we surprised him with a brand new sin set and sliders band ledyard played right before us so we had everything up there so we didn't even rehearse. I didn't go to any rehearsals. I'm like, listen, I don't have time to rehearse. So it's like two weeks before the wedding. And yeah, the three yeah. guitar players got together with our original drummer, Mike, and they're like, we're just going to, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll play three songs. I'm like, all wing
1: right, it, man. Sometimes that's, it. sometimes that's the best, dude. And it
0: was. And we yeah. got, and all of a sudden, yard gets done. And we all start walking up on stage and everybody at the wedding's like what the fuck is going on like it was a secret and then we played and that was really where it started and we said okay let's do this at some point and if we're gonna do it we're gonna do it with the original six members um yeah yeah so it was it was Way cool do it, man. it was cool that's awesome so but let's um, let's we don't need to talk about everyone knows my shit we gotta talk about you <laughs> Because <laughs> it, 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 since then, and that was pretty much, I think the last time I'd seen you, you had worked at Harkey and Samson for a number of years. And that's really oh. where our, our relationship kind of kept growing.
1: Um, yeah. Well, you know, um, I, I, when we did those shows together with, with, Branderson, I was actively at Samson. And I remember Chuck, your bass player, he, you know, he's like, come play some gigs with us, come play some gigs with us. And I was like, Man, how can I get off? You can't, you know, working on that business corporate lifestyle. It's it's really hard, and it's funny even to this just to this day. I tell everybody I went backwards in life, man. I did everything in the opposite reverse, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And but back then I was with Samson, and it was a it was a corporate gig. It was music industry, but it's still you know your corporate. Yeah, but uh, that's the job. business.
0: It's the business side of things. Yeah, yeah.
1: it's the business side of things. And um, so I was there. I was with Samson from two thousand and four or five until 2000 summer of 2014 that's when i left and uh and like you i guess with branderson i i I had a lot of shit going on in my personal life you know some really bad bad things happening and uh i was done with music i checked out man and um as far as i was concerned i remember april of 2014 i said i'm done with this business i'm out i'm gone (laughs) <laughs> and then uh a few months later just when i thought i was out they reeled me that's
0: the saying like just when i think that's i was out of it they pulled me yep. back in you know and that and all of that like you you thought you were leaving the music business and then that same year metal allegiance is formed and like i remember when i you know i'm i'm i don't read the newspapers i read blabbermouth every day you know and for out there and anyone who doesn't know blabbermouth Blabbermouth blabbermouth.net is like when you're in hard rock and heavy metal that's that's our new york times that's our wall street journal like like that's where you go to to find out about music and and all this stuff and i see this metal super group being formed and i'm looking at like oh dave elson and alex skolnick from testament and mike portnoy and then mark mangi and wait wait i'm like wait a minute what I'm like, how the fuck is Mark playing with these guys? And They're doing this all-star record. And I was like, dude, this is awesome. And, like, you and I have never really gotten a chance. Like, how the fuck did this come about? Like, you you basically founded a supergroup with some of the biggest names in metal,
1: you know? Yeah, well, again, when I thought I was out, you know, it was Elton Portnoy that reeled me back in. You know, <laughs> we, um, towards my end of my tenure at and I put together know what was called metal masters it was like a a who's who of metal icons um doing a clinic per se no one's ever done a clinic um with multiple people at the same time in venues and um i was like man you know if i was a kid and i always put myself in the fan perspective you know if i was a kid learning which i still i'm still a student of the instrument you know um but if I was a kid, man, it would be really fucking cool if I saw Dave and Frankie Bello doing a clinic together. And that's how it started. So we did that. I did that. I had Dave and Frankie together. The turnout was phenomenal. And then um, I got a phone call from Charlie Benanti. And he's like, man, I saw a video of that. That was fun. How do I get involved? <laughs> and I was like, great, let's do it. And then as he, him and I were talking, I got an email from my port noise. Um, I swear to God, it was at the same exact time. I was like, "Dude, Portnoy just emailed me the same exact thing you just called me about." I was like, "Dude, two two bass players, two drummers, let's do this." Right. So we did it, and we did it. We did it uh, uh, the night before the big four show in Indio, California, in Southern California. And dude, it was, there was about twelve hundred kids at this music store. There was helicopters circling. in the, It was absolutely out of fucking control. <laughs> and that's when that's when I knew I had something. That, yeah. that and uh, and from there. You know, we Snow did the ball. first clinic ever in Times Square at a, at a venue. We did the Best Buy Theater and we uh, had Terry King involved. We had Anthrax open up the clinic. They put a concert opening the clinic. <laughs> it was at, at a control Phil and Thelma was there.
0: You, you, have, you, and, have, you have one of the big four opening for a clinic that you put on. You're like, wait a yeah. minute, what the fuck <laughs> is
1: going on here? Like,
0: I got Anthrax there. opening for this clinic I put together, you know?
1: Yeah, they, they came under the name Satan's Lounge band. That's right. That I remember. Okay, yeah. I remember when they did that. Okay. And that was a name they used in the 80s when they would play club gigs uh, at Moore or you know, around, around the New York area. And uh, so we kind of, I talked Charlie into resurrecting that name. I was like, that would be so, you know, the diehards would know yeah. who Satan's, Satan's Lounge Band is. So we had them opening it. Then we did the, they, you know, they played an hour set of full-on fresh. And then we go into Dave Ellison teaching you how to play bass. <laughs> and then you know we we go into our shtick, and then we did an all-star jam where we had Phil Anselmo come out. He wasn't announced. We had him come out. We did a little mini Pantera set. And that was his first time playing Pantera songs post-Pantera. Post- wow. Not many people know that 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 Metal Masters 2 in New York was his first time ever touching those songs. And, uh, now he's, you know, he just did a live stream the other day. He did the Dude, whole vulgar. Display and it record. sounded
0: awesome. I watched it. You know? It was so yeah. cool. <laughs> Dude. The
1: band sounded great. You know? So we did that. Then so we did another one in LA, uh, where we had geezer Butler out there. And we had three drummers. This time was, uh, Dave Lombardo. We added to it with Portnoy and Charlie. We had three drummers, like eight guitar players, four bassists, um, <laughs> And we did, then we kept doing them. We kept adding drums. We just kept fucking adding. Let's see. If, you know, my goal was just let's see if we could blow up a sound system. <laughs> right. <laughs> and we did that in Metal Masters 4. When we came back to New York City, we, we not only had the fire marshal come to the venue, we, uh, we actually blew out the, the, the sound system. And I was like, cool. And, you know, right. that, was, that was the goal, right?
0: That was mission yeah. accomplished.
1: <laughs> yeah. So we did, it, we did one more. We did five of them in total. And uh, I, I burned out, man. I, I burned out fast because again, working nine to five, well, it was actually more than that, but you're you're in an office all day and you're out all night, man. I had, you know, two little babies at that time, yeah. you know, they were young and you know, I was going through some real dark times in my personal life and it was, you know, a decision had to be made and I picked being a dad over oh. doing music oh. and, um, and always, and always I, the
0: best choice, no matter what that other choice yeah.
1: is. And I was out, man. And, um, and I left. And you know, no hard feelings. You know, you know, between Samson and myself. And at that point in time, you know, Elson kept annoying me. Basically, <laughs> dude, you, you did the hard part. You got everyone together, man. No one else to pull this shit off. Um, and I, I would just ignore the calls. I would ignore the texts. I would, you know, ignore it.
0: And then um, ignoring texts from at, fucking Dave Elson <laughs> from Megadeth. You And then that
1: time went on, you know, I was. You know, I started to miss it, I started to miss the business. And, and I've always been a player, which not a lot of people knew. Right. You know, I was always playing bass. I was always writing, um, especially lyrically. You know, with Metal Allegiance, I write primarily all the lyrics, all those songs. That's and good. Um, so, Dave called me one day, and he said, "Dude, Megadeth dropped off of Motorhead's motorboat. It was the first motor cruise." and he's like dude this is the time and i was like you know it's funny and i picked up the phone i remember because i was going to the beach with my kids that day i was like just last week i actually just trademarked the name uh, i came up with the name about a month or so ago uh you know i was eating tacos and drinking uh, margaritas, <laughs> <laughs> and uh and it just started going off in my head i was like metal allegiance Man, that's a cool name because i need loyal people around me allegiance means loyalty you know, where am I going to find these loyal people? I don't even know what MA is, but I, I, well, I like the name. Right. And I just trade. I just trade. I filed for a trademark. Just tough. You know, and then when Dave called me, uh, I was like, you know what? Let's do it, man. And he had the promoter call me. We struck a deal. I called up Philip and Selmo. I called up all the Tesla. I called up all the the old gang, and they were in, you know, I it, literally within four hours, the show was booked. <laughs> and, uh, and that was that and that's yeah and that's then it just went the
0: from there and then then a record they've done two records and and you've had as i said in the intro i mean it's not just the four of you that were like the main core between mark dave and alex and and and, and mike the four of you but you've had everybody in metal yeah. sing on it or play on it and you, you're just like oh my god i just have a, a little a literal you know who's who We've been on these records and a part of the show. And that
1: record, that first record came about on the motor, on that cruise, man. We were, um, there was a hurricane somewhere in the Caribbean and we, we couldn't dock at one of the, uh, places were. I forgot where we were supposed to go to. And I remember we kept circling this Island for hours. (laughs) I'm like, what the fuck is this Island that has smoke and shit coming out of it? And I remember Dave just enthusiastically going, dude, that's Cuba. (laughs) And, uh, and then Mike said, right after that, he's like, you know, we should write some music together. And I was, and I looked at him, like, what are, you, what are we going to do? You know, jerk each other off with a bunch of cover songs? Right, right. I mean, we can write, write music together. That can't work. And um, shortly after that, that stuck with me. I was like, yeah, maybe we can write music. So I sent Mike a, um, a bunch of lyrics and, you know, not demo stuff, but shit that I did. And uh, he was the one to convinced me. He's like, dude, you got to be in this on a creative side, you know, you obviously do your thing on the, on the business side, you know, you're, you're like moving the chess pieces, but you know, this is good stuff. And uh, that first record that we wrote, you know, a lot of that music was, um, actually, you know, pre-constricted music. And some of that was actually constricted wrists believe it or not. Crazy. Um, a lot of that, in the lyrics, um, you know, uh, basically from my, you know, over the years of notebooks and just kind of scatting down some shit. And, and, um, yeah, and that's how that record formed. And we we wrote, recorded, mixed it, signed a deal with Nuclear Blast, and had over two dozen musicians on it. We did that all within a year. Great. You know, from very beginning to, to the release date. Who did you work with like,
0: at Nuclear? Monty Connor? I'm sure. Monty, right? yeah,
1: yeah. Monty signed it. Of course and, he did. Because um, <laughs> Monty yeah, signed Monty
0: all signed the best metal bands ever, you know, so why not this one?
1: Yeah, so he signed it, and um, off to the races we went, man. And uh, that's really kind of, how MA started, and, and again, I, I never, even on that cruise um, on that motorboat. If you would have asked me what was going to happen, I, <laughs> I would have laughed at you, right? You know, because again, I'm still that kid in Looney Tunes, buying Testament <laughs> records and and buying Megadeth records, and yeah, I'm that kid. And I remember my older brother taking me to Dream Theater shows when I was a kid. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, it's there's
0: like, t- there's times when I see videos of Metal Legions doing shows, and whether it's like you know regular shows or a lot of the stuff that the things you do out at Nam, and um and then I see you up on stage and it's like I know you and then I you know I know some of the guys that you know you're involved with I've met a few of them over the years but like there's times you got to be like I always have that moment and I had I was talking to a friend of mine last week on the podcast I'm like you ever just have that moment and you're like standing there and you're having fun and you're like wait a minute how the fuck did I get here how did I get Dead here? Man. Like I'm fucking standing next to Phil and Salmo and I got Mike Portnoy as my drummer and you start looking at all the <laughs> people around the stage. You're like, Jesus Christ, dude, this
1: is awesome. So that that happened to me tw- That happened to me twice, right? The first time was the first writing session for MA where four of us got together and we were at Portnoy's house and that, we were mid writing and it just kind of fucking hit me. <laughs> I'm on a couch playing bass. He's behind a kid. Alice is there. David. And I was just like, what the fuck is going on right now? <laughs> Right, and right. I was like, holy, shit. and I snapped out of it though because right. you had to. Right, you're on and the level. The, the other time was actually the last gig we did, which was the last gig for many 2020, which is yeah. January. You know, I was um, playing with uh, you know Dave Lombardo, and um, you know, I mean, to me, he's I mean, probably you know he's one of the best drummers ever. I agree. And, you know, and I just turn around and I see this little bardo so I'm playing, and I'm, thrashing. I'm like, fuck, wow, this is awesome.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, this is pretty you cool. Know? Like, you know, like, like this, can this call could end tomorrow. Like, my career could end tomorrow. And be like, yeah, that was cool. I did that, I'm, you know?
1: Yeah, I'm content with it. And, um, but through MA formed BPMD, which was like an offshoot project that Portnoy myself, Phil demo and Bobby Blitz put together. And, we, and that record just came out a year ago, Yeah, you know, and now I'm, I mean, I'm all over the map now doing sessions. I'm doing all kinds of shit and I've it, never been busier and it's just,
0: has this become your full-time gig, like juggling all these, these things?
1: No, I'm, I'm all over the place, man. I'm actually back in the music industry on the business side as well, uh, for a company based out of Florida, uh, primarily software, um, I get to, you know, I get to I work with the Dimebag Daryl estate, uh, creating, you know, signature Dimebag guitar tones. I worked with Joe Satriani uh, doing his his signature software collection. So I'm on the business side, but playing. Yeah. If that makes any sense. I'm you know, being th- creative.
0: Yeah, but it's being, cre- it's so different than the last time you're in the music industry. Because, I mean, the music industry has yeah. changed so much. I mean, it's still there, but it's just so different. And it's probably allows you to, like, not feel conflicted between the two worlds you know
1: it, no they they're you know it's I uh, I don't know if you've heard of a company IK multimedia um, you know that's who I'm with and they're super supportive of ma uh, I mean they love it they want me to go out and gig and <laughs> <laughs> go 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 do your thing you know they're based in Florida I'm in New York and um, you know they're super supportive of that and and because of MA I probably got that job right Um, You know, and again, I brought them dime bag and we released, we did a whole signature software collection, you know, Joe Sacchiani, um, and amongst many others, you know, um, it's been awesome. And it's, you know, those MA connections, which made that happen. so it kind of works in twofold, you know, and, uh, it's, so between that and MA, I mean, you know, MA is kind of dormant now, as you know, live shows, are non existent right now, even to this, to this day. You know, it's being creative and finding other ways. And like you said, man, if, you know, you have to find a way to, to, to make income and make money, you know, because bills aren't going to pay for themselves. No,
0: no, they're you not, know, unf- unfortunately. But but the cool thing is, is like this is kind of a side shoot away from MA. But like with you working in the software industry, I know in the past year I have learned more about recording home production and everything everything that i've yeah. done to flip my business to what it is which is like 90 percent of my income is made not even leaving my house anymore i don't have to go out and play 300 gigs anymore you know i've done all this yeah. stuff but like that company that you're working for is a company that just probably thrived in the past year because there were so many musicians just sitting oh, at home
1: huge, huge, you know yo. being
0: like all right what are we what are we going to learn or what what other pieces of software i mean i learned so much i'm still trying to catch up on everything i learned last year or
1: course, it's not just the software, man. It's their hardware. They're one of the few, probably the only company that makes those streaming devices where you plug it right into your iPhone. And the whole world was streaming audio, man. The whole world. During 2020, what were they doing? They were playing music, jamming and streaming it on, you know, what if it was Twitch or you know Instagram Live or YouTube, whatever they were doing, you know, we make those devices that no. you get that great quality audio. So, you know, between that the hardware side and software side, you know, you know, I knock on wood and I'm thankful. You know, trust yeah. me. I'm very thankful for them. And know. that's all,
0: that's only going to grow because even when things do come back and they will, I mean, I think on a larger level of touring and like getting back to what we kind of saw before I still think it's going to be till next year you know I really I mean I think club yeah. shows are going to start happening here and there some states are allowing it but like I really don't think it's going to be until next year unfortunately just because of how things are rolling out but
1: I mean yeah. how do you do a, like a gig like MA May where you you're feeding off the crowd yeah. at 30% capacity you know. <laughs> I would love to, and trust me, I'll do it. But it's going to be interesting. <laughs> no, it's going to be, a,
0: or like people have to sit and like they have to be in their pods or like whatever the thing. the The game is changing, but I think when it comes out on the other side, when these shows do come back, the thing that we learned at is that there's a whole. There's millions of people that want to see a show from the machine shop yeah. in Flint, Michigan.
1: But uh, like, man, oh, that place is great, right? Man.
0: Right. I'm gonna have Kevin on uh, the podcast soon. I'm gonna have him on because we we spoke. I'm like, dude, I, you and I. I mean, that guy gave us, that guy took us under his wing and let us stay at his house. I mean, dude, that dude did everything. But the, that, that, not to digress, but like, what if someone like always wanted to go to the machine shop, but they live in London, you know, in the UK, or they live, you know. In Kentucky, you're like, we're never going to get there, but well, how do we watch the shows from there? Yep, and then all yep. of a sudden, there's this technology where you can buy virtual tickets to any club, any anything, and sit it's, at it's home. The, it's
1: the new norm. It's the new norm now, man. And you absolutely bet you're going to see that when shows, even when they're back at 100%. Yeah you're going to you're going to have virtual tickets for all those shows
0: there won't there won't listen there'll be a capacity on a club club can hold 500 people but when it comes to virtual tickets for that show that's so hot at the machine shop you can sell a million tickets and think yep, about the revenue said. that comes in for the artist for the venue yep. for the booking agent for everybody involved that just freaking you just took instead of like trying to make all your not na- on the 500 people that are there now you have the ability to be able to freaking make the money I, I mean that's what I've learned in the past year on Twitch and my set on Twitch to like get to where I am, is like holy crap, man! And everyone's like, well, don't you think it's going to die? And I'm like, no, because no, here's the thing: ninety percent, like, let this is a this is a, I think it might be even higher, but like ninety percent of people don't go anywhere ever, even before COVID, they don't go anywhere. <laughs>
1: People stay <laughs> no, home. People
0: yeah. are homebodies. They don't like to go anywhere for a million different reasons, whether it's financial or personal, or they just don't like to be in crowds or anything like that. But they want to be a part of that experience. And those people are like, man, with the technology they have now and the TVs and the sound systems that you can have in your house, you sit on your on your couch with a 30-rack and natty light getting banged up and not have to worry about anything you know Hey,
1: you don't bucks. gotta worry about driving right
0: exactly you don't have to worry about driving 20 bucks you don't have to wear parking and uh, a sitter yep. all these things man so like i think when we do get to the other side of this i mentioned i think we are going to see one an explosion of creativity because we're going to see all the music come out that everyone's been working on for the past year yep, yep. And, and the second thing we're going to see this like resurgence of like everyone wanting to go to live shows and if you can't go to live show well fuck it i'll get the i'll get the virtual ticket
1: for, you know, yeah, for and yeah I, I believe that's going to stick, and you know it's going to be interesting though for the metal bands because you know you have a band like Lamb of God, yeah. you know probably one of the big, biggest metal bands there is, right? Mm-hmm. How are they going to play to a thirty percent or twenty five percent capacity crowd? Yeah, you yeah. know how's how's that going to work? You know, so yeah, that's why I think twenty twenty two is going to be the comeback year. Hopefully, you know, America is vaccinated. Fully by then, yeah. Um, they they lift these restrictions, you know. MA had a bunch of dates um, booked for the end of this year, which we, you know, obviously they got canceled. We didn't cancel, you know. We were, short, you know, one of the big gigs, you know, my dream gig we booked which which was Rock and Rio. You know, oh, we were gonna we were gonna play right underneath Maiden at Rock and Rio. Imagine <laughs> that. Dude, yeah, we've we all seen,
0: and anybody's a metal fan has seen Maidens in Deal. Like I have that on DVD, and I watch that. Dude, I'm just
1: like, I, I mean, you, I get chills yeah.
0: thinking about it right now. I'm playing in a, yeah, in a crowd. I mean, that's and the, the biggest, rumor has
1: it. I hope they bump the same line, line up to 2022. I'm praying that they do. Yeah, but you know, someone like me, man, you know, that kid from you know Long Island who Looney Tunes kid <laughs> playing fucking Rio, you know, right underneath Maiden, man. That's dream that's, that's and that's a dream come true you know and um so i'm praying you know the world gets vaccinated we can go back to normal and um you know and do some of these gates you know same thing with bpmd we released a record in june of 2020 and we were in the, and that's when the, the height of the pandemic was Just bad timing for that record release, but it's, on the flip side, we had a shit ton of European festivals booked. We had Bakken, Hellfest, you know. It's so honest. The summer breeze. And we had all these festivals booked that we couldn't do, and it would have been my first time doing a good half of those festivals. It yeah. Sucked, man. Being you know having to pull those.
0: It it it'll come when it comes back around, and when it comes back, and it's finally time, man. People are going to be like so thirsty for it because i've just yeah. started playing some like live gigs um i'm like well i want to go out and play some live gigs i obviously want to go out and do it i don't have to do it as hard as i did before so i'm like all right i can kind of pick and choose where i want to go and when i have played man it's just there's just a, an appreciation that i hope yeah. stays with people because they i think i hope people don't forget like what it was like to not have entertainment like entertainment for like a year two years of their lives and people well, are just yeah, so into it
1: yeah well the problem which is going to be or at least in New York I know that for a fact is it's going to be limited places to play yeah right a lot of places shut down permanently you know so where does a mid tier like a band like MA you know MA believe it or not in New York is you know we play in small venues here you know um, they're gone where do we go <laughs> yeah you know Cal- California you know, is weird West Coast we do very well. Uh, middle america we we've always, we've, done, we've always done well other than new york for whatever fucking reason and i don't get cuz it's
0: new york man it's yeah. it always happens cuz everyone wants to yeah. be on the guest list and don't everyone's too cool for school type of yeah, shit. yeah it,
1: it, it's it's hysterical man you know our home state where we're formed and you know everything's out of it's you know it's decent but we go to you know san francisco forget it it's out of control wait until you, you know, guys and,
0: get over to europe man and those people over there i mean cuz
1: the one time well, that we played a few we played some festivals over there, and they've been massive—absolutely massive. Absolutely massive. Yeah. They just you know, even in it South more. America, massive. <laughs> you know, and uh, New York don't give a shit, but <laughs> that's the, that's the New York attitude, man. Right,
0: right. But I mean, it's it's going to be weird because I tell I, I tell even musicians around here that we're you know gigging musicians and full time musicians around here who have either kind of waited out the storm or you know whatever they're doing. I'm like, listen, when things come back you're not just going to be able to start running out there and doing what you did before. I go, you got to remember these venues, whether they're a bar or restaurant or whatever, you know, have music at, I go, some of them aren't going to reopen. Some of them are going to reopen, and they're going to be like trying to just get by. And I go, and if they do have a budget for music, it's going to be slim. You're going to have to take a pay cut.
1: You know, yeah, you're not yeah, the, going the pay cuts going to be across the board. And yeah. you know, all the reports I've read, you know, like Live Nation will have you by the ball. Oh, and absolutely. absolutely. Nothing you can do about it.
0: No. And I said that I go, so be prepared to do that and be prepared to be able to like, don't stand your ground or you just won't play gigs. You got to remember we're all in this together. And if you don't, the right people will remember you as things start to come back, man, this is a business. So I go, just don't think it's going to come flying back. I go, it's going to take a minute. So in the meantime, if you're just sitting there waiting, you might, might as well like be get creative with your other side you know or something you know or at least go work you know work a day job there's no shame in that so
1: yeah and let me tell you man i could, there's a lot of of those famous metal musicians working the nine to five right now yeah
0: yeah uh, i mean I,
1: I i could tell you that i know a lot of them yeah. and would blow your mind with some of those names yeah working so. the nine to five right now it's you know what do you do you gotta do you gotta do
0: something yeah i mean someone like jimmy bauer from i hate god and down and uh you know he's friends of mine on facebook and i think we met maybe once twice along the way man and he's he just he's entertaining is all hell to like you know watch on facebook and stuff like that but dude he's just he's like yeah man because i'm doing drywall today or i'm doing this today it's like
1: yeah it's
0: how it works you got
1: how it works. You know, all those Bay Area bands, man, the Testaments and Exoduses, and, you know, they're, they're working nine to five. Yeah. You know, um, and they're big bands. You know, it's it, you do what you got to do to get by.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, Phil Demel, he's still in the fucking Carpenters Union. Yeah. Does, you know, it's,
0: it's his bar. Does he, have, he has a bar, though. Does his bar still open?
1: Well, they obviously got hit. He was in California.
0: No, yeah, that's right. And they were
1: in the. Ugh, I can't they, imagine. Yeah, they had. I mean, it was worse than New York and New York was bad, <laughs> yeah. you know, um, you know, they've, they were, they think they just reopened his bar, um, limited, you know, very limited capacity. Um, but you know, again, you gotta, you know, you got those bills there, you know, you gotta, you, know, you gotta pay to keep your bar open. You have to pay to support your music career, you know, and, um, and Phil's a hustler, man. He, he's a hard worker. Any, anybody uh, who's,
0: as you know, anybody who's been in the game long enough, 10 20 30 years and has made it in the business that long doesn't make it this far without being one of the like know the how to hustle you know yeah it's a hustle yeah, yeah. and it doesn't necessarily mean you're playing all music like there's little side hustles that you got to keep your other main hustle it's just a that's what i actually i i hate it about the business and i absolutely love it and i think if i didn't hustle i wouldn't know what to, what to do with myself
1: you have to do it man you know especially. MA and everything else. That's all that is, is a fucking hustle, man. And it's, you know, it's moving, you know, you're robbing Peter to pay Paul and, you know, (laughs) you're, you're doing what you could do to, you know, to make the music, you know, because at the end of the day, it's making the music, right? That's, that's, that's what we, that's what we do. Yeah. And, uh, you try to find any means necessary to create and, and to play that gig or, or land that record deal or record that song, man. And, um, you know, even to this day, you know, I'm recording all the time now with Alex and Charlie. You know, I'm on Charlie's new record coming out, which I didn't even know. <laughs> well, <I'm> sorry, <laughs> I saw.
0: I think I saw that in Blabbermouth that he was announcing that the he's releasing a record.
1: Yeah, that, that is funny. That was all announced and released. Um, it was funny. My dad uh, recently passed and when all that, you know, like those days, which is still a blur for me. Yeah, I remember seeing somebody. I think somebody. I forgot who sent me a screenshot, and then the blabbermouth link. And I just kind of was like, yeah, whatever. you know. But at, you know, a few days went on, and I read it. And I was like, oh shit! <laughs> Look at this, Char- Char- Charlie. Cool, yeah, Charlie's such he's a putting cool out dude. all the quarantine jams. He's great, man. I love you know. We, we have three. We've done a four or five now already, and there's three more in a can that we've done. And two more coming up after that, where I'm doing a record, which is not formally released yet, but it's, um, it's a tribute record for a certain band um, that we're we we're compiling a bunch of their songs, and I'm putting that out. And uh, what a little project, you know, side shoot project I'm working on. And again, just you know, just for the fun of it, you know. And uh, you know, Charlie's been, a, you know, he's been a huge, uh, I guess, supporter, if you will and uh, you know we gotten only closer during the pandemic you know we were always close to I me and anthrax is for a long time um really good friends for a really really long time but i noticed that during you know covid so charlie and i became super super tight if we weren't tight enough right. i mean we became i mean it was you know you know interlocked during the pandemic
0: the, the first which. time i met charlie we were playing a place called the penny road pub which is like on the outskirts of chicago it's a suburb of Chicago, and I think it's Barrington, Illinois. And it's like, it's a good 40, 50 minute drive from downtown Chicago. And it's just a, like a sports bar. And we used to play there often. We did really well there. And uh, one night we were playing there, maybe a couple hundred people, and just standing in the middle of the crowd is Charlie. And I'm like, looking down, I'm looking, I'm like, is that fucking Charlie? sure shit it was charlie charlie benante and he was like yeah man a fucking fan and just wanted to come out and see you guys play and i was like after that was like that's
1: that's that's what he does man (laughs) yeah yeah and he's a good dude yeah i love him he's like a brother and such
0: Um, i don't i mean that's the thing everyone thinks well he's the he's the drummer for anthrax i'm like no, he's he's really kind of Anthrax. I mean, the motherfucker plays guitar and writes. I mean, he he. I mean, that dude is a jack of yep. all trades. He's unbelievably talented on so many levels as a musician and artist.
1: And not only that, man, he is the artistic front yep. of Anthrax. Their whole image is him.
0: Yeah.
1: You know. Um, yeah, you know, and he's awesome. You know, I love. You know, it's it's been a blast working with him throughout the last few months. Um, and we talk every day. I mean, literally every day. And it's like, let's do this, let's do that, let's do this. And, you know, he's kept me busy. And uh, on the flip side. I'm keeping him busy right now <laughs> with this little thing I'm working on. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. And Alex, you know, him and I, we have like a kindred spirit. You know, um, we just, you know, creatively, you know, we, we started a new project together, um, which is so not metal. It's actually metalhead will laugh when they hear it <laughs> well i mean alex uh, ha- alex
0: has the al Skolnik trio you know and, like some people show up today, yeah, like dude he's playing fucking jazz like what the fuck is this you know
1: but this is my doing oh like, you want to do he's like you want to do what
0: <laughs> all right all right <laughs> like, well, and, uh, i can't wait to uh, see that
1: he's so it's so like talented it's dude. like if the eagles met we Mac max met santana met death punk i mean wow. yeah it's the weirdest shit man and uh and we've gotten together in the studio quite a few times we've written a bunch of songs um we're going back into the studio in a few weeks together and that's another offshoot project <laughs> I'm, I'm working on which is <laughs> how do you
0: you have a whiteboard with all the like wait a minute what am i what am i supposed to be doing today <laughs>
1: like you you yep.
0: record on your on your on your audio you're like okay ready to go you're like wait wait a minute what
1: the f- all right yeah uh, it, um, you know what it is, man. If it wasn't for COVID, this none of this shit would be happening.
0: No, exactly.
1: And it's been great. It's been a blessing, man. To you know, not only do you get closer with your family because you're on lockdown. Yeah. Um, but it's been awesome for creativity and, and to you know to writing and, and recording covers and yeah. and just playing. That's, you know, I've that, played more bass this past year than I've ever did in my entire
0: life. Yeah. I mean, I've I've done the same. Like I've just. I finally finished a solo record that i literally just sat on for years because then all of a sudden i mean i was getting i was playing 300 shows a year so the last thing i wanted to do on my days off which were very few and far between during for the course of like eight nine years of that run Uh, was to sit down and play so this past year was like wow this is the time that i've been waiting for and yep, and yep. i say this every time when this happens i'm like thank god for my accountant i have this amazing accountant that like just came in really you know kicked ass and got me in a very good place to not have to worry about certain things she's like do this 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 and this and you concentrate on turning your business into what you want to do so i finished a solo record that i recorded all myself i did all these things with with these other people i collaborated with this uh this group of people out of nashville uh, and Philadelphia that I got plugged into a few years ago that this guy does a program called Lest We Forget every year. And basically the, every time someone passes away in any genre of music, he gets together a group of people and it's like, hey, we're going to do uh, a tribute to, I just did one to Benny Mardonis, you know? And then I also just, oh, wow, cool. said, I did one for Leslie West. I'm the, the guy singing on mountain. And and every once in a while, you'd be like, oh, well, there's Joe Satriani. He This guy has the same ability you do. But sometimes way in the different genres of music, and he's like, "Yeah, so and so is going to be on this, and so and so is going to be on this." So usually that's I do awesome. one thing a year. This year I think I did five of them. The f- the first one just came out, and then the rest of them are going to start coming out. And I still don't know who's going to be on some of the tracks. I just know I sang on them, you know. So
1: that's cool, man.
0: It's it's been fun, and like all these things happen, like none. And and the best thing with me doing Twitch you know, 90% of the time is that my, I don't have to leave my daughter. My daughter can stay here. She's sitting out on the couch or she comes in and sings a song and says hi to everybody. Or if she needs me for a minute, I can, or when I get done with my gig, I just walk out of my studio and I'm sitting on the couch watching TV with her. So
1: yeah, man, and it's the same thing, man. You know, I, I have a, uh, I reformed my basement into a, a pretty fucking badass studio, um, which is, I just got up and running a few months ago. You know, again, Thank you COVID for giving me that time, Yeah, (laughs) you know? And, um, yeah, so it's nice to be able to walk down, hit record. You know, sometimes I have my engineer come over and where I just don't want to concentrate on hitting buttons or controlling that world. And I can just focus on playing. Um, it's nice just to be able to hit one button on my, uh, my console, turn the whole fucking system on, and then walk right back upstairs and, you know, hang with the boys, (laughs) you know? And, uh, which is a beautiful thing. And again, yeah. technology, man, what, you know, yeah, you, technology.
0: you couldn't have pulled off what you pull off with MA and BP and all the projects you do, you would have never been able to do 20 years ago. It would have been very no. difficult to do 20 years ago. Almost impossible. 30 I'd be, years I'd be ago. Dead.
1: I would probably would have been dead of a heart attack. Yeah.
0: If, <laughs> but now you just, <laughs> like you, you do it now and you zip the file over to so-and-so and so-and-so zips it to that guy. And some guy in Europe can do this and another guy can mix it and it all comes back. It's
1: like, well, he, here's a little funny tidbit on those ma, those two ma records, and even a BPMD record. More so, the ma, we were together in a room writing together. We never wrote um, electronically. We always wrote together, and we made sure when Mike was recording the drums, we were there playing to him as he was recording, even if it was scratch tracks. Right. So, so it had that human element feel. Yeah. There. Good. And we I did mean- the same thing with BPMD when he was doing. Uh, his drum tracks, we were in his headphones playing, you know, so it, so it has that human feel. You know, I refuse to write if I'm writing, you know, and I told this to Alex when we started this new project, I'm not doing this electronically. If we have to wait until after COVID, that's fine. Um, But I I need to be in a room. If I'm writing and get creative like that on, on that, you know, aspect, I need to be with other, you know, I need to feel the energy. I need to, I need to see if the parts are working and you can only get that if you're together yeah and you, you want out.
0: and you want real-time feedback you're like hey, all right what do you? what were you thinking there instead of like well I, i'm guessing what he's thinking and you send it back and, you, and then you're going back and forth with a few different yeah. things before because i've been getting into like writing jingles and i've had some companies like i'm now i'm writing some jingles for people and i've had that that's like sometimes i'm like man it, it, oh two weeks we're going back and forth with just fixing one little thing it's like man if we were just in a studio together we'd have had this done in two minutes you know so yeah get it, it.
1: you know it's it's good for the covers. You could do that electronically, and it's good for even re- once you're post writing or doing whatever you're doing, and you're going to the recording. Again, you're sending files back and forth, right? That's yeah, that's what it is. But as far as that creative, you know, writing, I, I need to be in a room with other people. It's just especially a drummer as a bass player. I, I need. I need Oh to yeah,
0: be absolutely, drummer. Well, I mean, and, I mean, this is the the coolest thing that I'm hearing out of this is that you took this year and and made the most of it because i mean i saw a lot of my musician friends just sit and wait and they're like all right well next summer last summer they're like okay well the gigs are going to come back and the gigs kind of came back and i'm like well what do you think's going to happen when the winter comes and then you can't do outdoor yeah. stuff like it's going to get worse and then we're going to have a second wave and some of them didn't listen and then that hit and then they sw- now they're back at it again thinking all right well here it comes it's like dude we're not out of this yet. Like stop sitting and waiting. You've literally wasted a fucking year of your life I know I not know. not progressing, just waiting. And like I don't I can't you cannot sit me down. Like I'm like I'm gonna find something to keep me busy, to keep me going forward. And then now that I've looked back in the past year, I'm like, holy fuck, I accomplished what I probably could have only accomplished in maybe a decade of time being in the 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 mindset that I was prior to it, so I took this and was like, "This is the best thing that ever happened to me," you know.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I made the best of it, you know. Um, I had COVID and it sucked, Oof. <laughs> but you know what? It was worth it, you know. And um, you know, the ten days I was, you know, shut down with it and fevers and all that crap, you know. The other three hundred and you know fifty something days, I made the best of it, you know. Whether it was family time or hanging out my kids or recording, writing, you know, I had a lot of different projects come and go, um, this past year. And if it wasn't for COVID, it would, it would, it would not exist. No, it would be, it would would be the same old, same old doing the same old MA gigs and, which is nothing wrong with that. And I can't wait for those to come back. But as far as musician goes, it opened me up to different genres to create, um, a whole new band, you know, which we're working on right now with Alex and, and doing these things with Charlie, it just would have never happened. And, um, you know and I love it. I love that it did. And
0: you're gonna have a better appreciation coming back at You got better perspective on it, and um, to never take any show for granted. Like I don't think never. we ever. Did. We I don't think we ever did before. But like this, more than anything, anybody in the arts, whether it's like you know, music or theater, anything like that, it's literally been shut down for a year. Like man, we don't know. We're gonna freaking. You're gonna probably see musicians try to put on the best shows of their life because. Who knows yep, when yep. it might disappear again, you know, because who knows what the fuck's gonna happen over the next five years.
1: Yeah, it's been I mean, the last gig I played was January of twenty twenty. So that's a year and however many months ago now. You're gonna
0: much. have to get your sea legs back, man. That first show's gonna be awesome and at the same time just wipe you the, the fuck out. You're like, whoa,
1: dude. Dude, I need also.
0: to get shape for it. Number one, number <laughs> <laughs> <You're like, laughs> one. I better get ready for that. But even I don't care how in shape you try to be for it. There's still going to be that like when that adrenaline hits and your fucking heart rate yeah. goes up and you're just in it and then you're going to get done. You're like, okay, okay.
1: Yeah, man. You know, it's you know, I can't. You know, you know. Again, all the 2021 dates were wiped out as well as 2020. um We have a you know gig starting in 2022 in January. So there you go. We're hoping may happen we'll
0: see yeah i mean time will tell i mean i've talked to some friends of mine that work with live nation and a lot of my friends are in the industry side of things they're on the production side of things and you know they they're very well in tune as to what where this could head and then this is how we're going to get people back in the venue says how we're going to get massive you know how we're going to get multiple people back into a venue it's gonna. People are going to have to be very patient when that comes back, not only for the shows to come back, but have to be patient that when you start coming through the doors, you might have to go through some more protocol. I mean, it was before it was like, Oh, you got to go through a metal detector. And you got to have your bag searched, and people will bitch about that. There's going to yeah. be some other things that come along with that now. So I hope everybody just yep. h- is prepared that like, there's going to be some other stuff and be like, listen, this is what we have to do to be able to make it happen. Just don't make it political, and if you want to make it political or, or uh, you know, individual right, blah blah blah, then go sit the fuck at home and not come, okay? Because the rest of yeah. us are willing yeah. to just kind of do this to get our music back.
1: Well, that's the thing, man. You know, let's let's hope you know vaccinations are. You know, I know they're starting to roll through a lot of people are getting vaccinated yeah. right now. I'm
0: I got and- fully vaxxed last week. I'm in second shot, so.
1: I'm, yeah I'm, I'm i mean I, I i'm going next month in may i'm going i'm nice. scheduled to go and you know i'm hoping by midsummer you know mid to end summer you're going to see you know a lot of people in america vaccinated now, obviously i'm assuming this is going to be a yearly vaccination yeah there's um, still
0: there, i got a lot of friends in the medical industry and they're like yeah we're we just don't know yet and like you know so anyone's making assumptions so oh, we'll only last six months or this and that. it's like listen it's most likely going to come down like a, a yearly flu or a booster. Like a flu
1: shot. Yeah. It's like your flu shot. Yeah. Exactly. And it, that's what it's going to come down to. And, um, you know, and the more we learn about it and the more we, you know, kind of just, you know, watch out for others. And, yeah. I mean, know, that's where it comes do- down.
0: Like, let's, let's remove the political aspect and the, the crap that goes around it. I mean, you know, this, 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 thing doesn't give a fuck about anything. that So like, if you're not careful, no, not- I mean, I've had, I've had, I've, I've, I didn't lose anybody personally, but a lot of people that were right on the sides of me, they had people in their families get, you know, very sick, very, in a lot of them die. Some of them very young. So it's like, I saw what it could do. So it's like, all right,
1: I, well, I'll, hey man, do, I I'll do what it, we got to do. I had it and I was knocked out, man. I've never been that sick in my life.
0: Yeah, man, and that's what and, I've heard. Uh, I've seen. I saw some people in mine that were the healthiest people I know get super sick. So I'm like, all right. But then I saw other people that were like, like you know not very healthy and like just cruise through it and i'm like what the fuck but then that's what what scares me i'm like okay this is why it's scary this is what people you know take away the news and the policy the politics out of it that's what's fucking scary at least with the flu we kind of know how it runs its course but this doesn't seem to have any pattern like how did this 400 pound guy walk through it and then a guy that i know is (laughs) the fittest guy i know freaking end up in the hospital for two fucking days like
1: okay that's that's scary and that's you know that that's what COVID is. No yeah, one still knows exactly, and, um, but at least you got
0: that mindset. I think a lot of us musicians are in that same boat. Like, listen, what you
1: what, have what, to. What, I mean, we you have to have that mindset, right? If you're, especially if you're a
0: musician. Yeah, because it's like that's the only way our business is going to come back. Other businesses have come back or transitioned. This isn't something that you know, especially metal. You know, because listen, no offense to all the other genres that I love. Um, what sets metal apart from all the other concerts everyone's like oh it's a live experience of seeing dave matthews or like some country artists like yeah 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 but like have you ever been to a fucking metal show because yeah, that is like that you need a mosh pit you need the people that are up that's that is what it's all about it's a freaking symbiotic muscle or heartbeat for that entire show and Please without go to that an,
1: go to an ma gig man it's it's two and a half hours it's it's a circle pit. For, it's for two and a half hours and yeah. you know people flying and i mean and that's what it is yeah you're not gonna and see that I at could, jam- could, a james
0: taylor concert
1: yeah i know i <laughs> <laughs> i couldn't imagine playing an ma gig without that i right. wouldn't even know how to i wouldn't know what to do
0: <laughs> exactly <laughs> you man. know you're out in the parking lot getting liquored up and then you come in and you rage and then and then you leave so i mean yeah metal is going to be the one that really needs that to happen. So the other genres can kind of morph into certain things, but metal is is it is its own thing. That's why the, that's why people are called metal heads. it's a fucking yeah, reason why out of the, head. All out of
1: their fucking minds, man. <laughs> exactly.
0: Well yeah. on that note, man, I I appreciate you finally uh getting on here. I know that the past month has been a, a real challenge here and I'm really sorry that you lost your pops. I know what I that, that. I, I know what that's like to 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 do that that was really what spun me back in 2007 and it kind of was like the the catalyst of me leaving brand new sin. so i know what it's like to like like wow it's a fuck, it's it's a blur for a while it's a blur for a while so it it, it it gets a little bit better but you got some really great outlets to channel that pain and and uh and just kind of worry and all that other stuff that comes along you got some very healthy things i didn't have healthy things at that moment so you know you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna be just fine man and i'm excited to hear everything that you got fucking coming
1: man yeah man i appreciate that dude
0: you know so keep doing what you do and uh we'll we'll definitely keep in touch man i know that chuck just uh texted me a little while ago from Brandon. new he's like dude, tell him i said hello so
1: yeah, man. Thomas said
0: hey. I will, man. And and we will chat soon, man. Take care.
1: Awesome, man. Thank you again, Joe. I appreciate you. All right. Later, man. All right. Bye-bye.
0: There you go, man. My buddy Mark. I mean, dude, isn't that crazy? I love that's the best part of music. And if you heard that over the almost 30 episodes that I've had when I've had musicians on here, and we all try to I'm like, I'm gonna try to make sure, like, where where did where does it all fucking start for these musicians? Like what door, like what literal door did you walk through and then all of a sudden from there it was just a fucking roller coaster ride. Here you're talking about a kid who was just a huge music fan that walked through the door of a music store in Long Island called Looney Tunes Records and look what happened. Just that, just him walking through the door to buy music and like talking to people in there, that led to him literally playing with all of his idols, not just one of his idols, all is his fucking idols. So that's when you never take any little moment for granted. You never, when you're in a passion of something, you you just keep following that passion somehow. You keep walking through that door of Looney Tunes Records and you never know where that, all of a sudden, another door is going to open and you're going to walk through that door and you're going to walk through that door. You keep your mind open to experiences, especially when it comes to music. And there's a guy that was literally going to walk away from music altogether and had some of the biggest names in metal, be like, dude, you're not fucking going anywhere. And he, look at him now. I'm very proud of my buddy Mark I hope you guys really dig this. I hope you really check out all the projects that he had. I'm going to tag him all the social medias so you can keep up on that, especially if you're a metal fan, if you're a hard rock fan. And even if you're not, man, you got it. The musicians that this guy has put around him are literally some of the best musicians in the world, not just when it comes to metal and hard rock, but to, to all genres. So, I mean, that dude is living a fucking dream, just like all of us that have been in the music industry and the, 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 the path I went down and the people I've gotten to work with and I'm still going to end up working with all started just because I walked through a fucking door somewhere. So you guys do that. Keep your minds open. And man, and, and on top of that, man, let's keep doing the right things we can. So these metal shows can come back, all shows, but especially those metal shows. Just be safe, be sound, and fucking love your music, man. Love your music, support you musicians, man. So everybody, I will see you next week. I again, if you guys are looking to sponsor this podcast, uh get a hold of me because this is when I would talk about the sponsor once again. And uh God knows who I'm gonna have next week. I don't want to ever give it away. I want to be the surprise. Who knows what fucking next week's gonna bring? Everybody, be well. I see you on the flip
1: side. <laughs>